How you ready? Yeah. <laughs> I want to welcome you guys to Impact Church first Sunday of the new year. And we're excited you're here. We're looking through the camera and welcome those of you that are watching online. We're glad you've tuned in. And I want to make mention of a couple of things before we get into what God wants to speak to us today. Uh, I groups are about to start back up here in about four weeks, so the week of February the 3rd. Uh, we're going to begin I groups. How many of you believe we need each other? We need community. We've been in a, a break through the holiday season, and then we uh, we break through January for our 21 days of prayer and fasting, which we're going to talk more about here in just a moment. Uh, but February the 3rd, that week, we're going to begin our next semester, our spring semester of I groups. So what I'm encouraging you to do is begin to pray, ask God if you're supposed to lead a group. Uh, your group can be about anything. We've talked about this before. It could be uh, you want to get people together that like to ride bikes. And you're just going to encourage each other and, and be in relationship together and ride bikes together. It, it could be uh, some study-based group. It could be anything that you want it to be. All we're asking you to do is go to yourimpactchurch.com slash igroups, and there's a link on there to register your group. And that way it will be in the directory uh, here in a few weeks for people to shop and look for the group that they want to be a part of. So we encourage you to get your group registered. Uh, if you haven't thought about it, pray about it. Pray, you know, God, do you want me to lead a group? Uh, anybody can lead a group, and it can be about anything. And so we just believe in community and doing life together. So I want to make mention of that. And then a couple of other things. Uh, we have a team night, uh, and we're going to talk about uh, people serving and things like that in just a moment. Kind of look back at 2018. But we have a team night coming up on January the 27th, so this uh, this month, the last Sunday night of this month, and the team night is actually going to be in this building right here. And so you'll just come to the same place uh, that you normally come to. We'll have food. Uh, we're going to play some games. We're going to have a good time and celebrate uh, you guys, every person that serves. And if you serve on any team, it doesn't matter what the team is. You serve on any team, any capacity in our church. We want you to be there at team night. That night is for you. And then the last thing is Pink Impact Women's Conference is coming up on March the 28th through the 30th. And I know you ladies are excited about that. And here's here's the information you need to know. This is $175, correct? That covers the conference for Thursday night, all day Friday, and then Saturday. And it also covers your hotel for the two nights that you're going to be down there. And so all of that is included in that. The only extra that you would need is for lunch or things like that. And I think they may even provide some of that at the conference. No. So you'll need money for food. Uh, but it's $175. Here's the kicker. Uh, it, it's such a big conference and such a uh, it's a conference that everybody wants to go to that we have 25 tickets reserved. So the way the only way that we know to do this is the first 25 ladies that go online and, and register and pay the $175, your spot will be reserved. You are guaranteed one of those tickets. And so all you have to do is go to our website, yourimpactchurch.com, click on the special events tab at the top, and you'll see it there, the link to register and get your ticket. So the first 25, so the sooner the better. Uh, we're only two and a half months away from the conference, and so the sooner you can do that, the better. Uh, but the first 25 ladies that are able to do that will be the ones that will get those tickets that we have reserved. So with all that out of the way, I had to get all that out of the way, i got to tell you, I am excited. <laughs> I'm excited. And, uh, and full disclosure, I'm 100% ready to preach to you today. And so I hope you're ready to receive what God wants to speak to you. And we're going to, I've got some things I want to share with you, but before we do that, every year on Vision Weekend, 
we like to take a, a look back at 2018 or the year before and see all that God did to our church. Because we come to church, you know, there's 52 Sundays and we were here. You know, a lot of you are here a lot of those Sundays. And you're giving and you're generous and you're serving and you're doing all these things. And I think it's important for us to look back at all that God did. Because sometimes we can be in the middle of it and not really comprehend and understand all that God did. And so what I want to do is take just a few moments uh, before we move into 2019. And I want to look back at 2018, just kind of give you some numbers and, and, and where the church is at and what we've been able to do uh, through your serving, through your generosity. So for the entire year... Um, for those of you that were here at this time last year, you'll understand these numbers. For the entire year, uh, from January 1st, from Vision Weekend all the way to the end of the year, our average uh, people here on the weekend was 202 people for the entire year. Now, let me – here's the kicker, though. I went back and I looked at what the last quarter of 2018 was. So like the last three, three and a half months of 2018, our average attendance or people here on the weekend was 253. So over the last quarter of 2018, uh, our church has been growing. It's been growing all year. It's been growing at the end of the year. It's going to grow in 2019, and God's going to be able to do even more than what I'm about to tell you we were able to do in 2018. So here's just some practical things that I thought you might like to know and can encourage us that uh, how generous you guys are as a church. Uh, in 2018... The total giving, went back and figured this up, the total giving for the entire year was $240,288. And it's going to grow in 2019, I know it will. But here's the reason why, not because we need more money. It's because when you're generous, we can do more things and we can reach more people and we can do more outreach and we can get more people to know God, find freedom, discover their purpose, and make an impact. It's not about it's not about building up a bank account. It's about being able to help people. It's about being able to 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 introduce people to Jesus through all the different avenues and serving and being able to 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 purchase all that stuff. And so I thought that was pretty incredible. Um, the increase there from 2017 to 2018. Here's some here's some really 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 cool things that I want to share with you. Uh, in 2018, as a church, we were able to give away to plant other churches like our church. Do we have that number? Twenty thousand nine hundred twenty-seven dollars was given away to plant other churches like this church. So this is. I don't know if you. So I don't know if you know this or not, but planting a church and doing this thing is not cheap. <laughs> when you start out, uh, this stuff just doesn't fall in your lap. And so we believe in. We believe in what was what was done for us, yeah. and we want to pay it forward into those that are coming behind us yeah. that God is calling to plant a church that is going to reach tons of people for the kingdom of God. So yeah. I thought that was pretty cool. Uh, some of the other areas that we were able to give to and give money away, and what we do is we set aside a percentage of our total income, and we're going to give that away every year. So that's going to be our baseline. Now, we get, end up giving away way more than that, which you'll see in just a moment. Uh, but one thing that we're going to be able to give to is Texas Oncology. And I know that we have some people that work at Texas Oncology. And we were a part of a, uh, a fundraiser event back in April. Is that right? Called Hooked on Hope. And as we were getting to talk to people, they were sharing with us what the event was for, what the money was going for. And to be able to help patients – this is a cancer center here in our, in our city – to be able to help patients – 
that can't afford treatment or don't have insurance or don't, uh, or otherwise they wouldn't be able to get treatment because it's so expensive or because it requires a certain kind of insurance. And so what we what we had decided to do as a church, uh, and we had prayed about it, we pray about this every year about who we're supposed to give to, but uh, we're able to give away $10,000 to Texas Oncology. <laughs> They could be able to provide that care. Uh, the Paris Pregnancy Center, helping young moms and everything that they do, uh, $5,900 that we were able to give to them and be a blessing to them. Uh, the Downtown Food Pantry, we serve there quite a bit throughout the year. And uh, we wanted this year, we felt like God was saying, provide uh, provide meals for people. Do more than just serving there. Still serve there, but we also want to, to be a blessing financially so that they can get the food that they need. And uh, we were able to give $5,900 to the food pantry. And, and this is what is so cool to me. This is every month, I believe. No, this is the total amount of people. I went by and got some of the numbers of the families that they serve. In a week, they serve 700 families every single week in our city. There are 12, 000, there are 50,000 people in Lamar County. Okay, let me start with that. 50,000 people in Lamar County. They feed. This was 2018. They fed 12,260 of those people. 12,260 of those people. And by what we were, by your generosity, this has nothing. I mean, this is this is. This is money that you gave throughout the year that, that allows us to be able to do these things. Yeah. We're going to be able to, 2019 moving forward, we're going to be able to provide 23,600 meals. <laughs> Another one of our overseers is Doug Reed and Partnership Internationals, and we've been able to partner with them and another 1,500 uh, went to that ministry and to be able to be a blessing with them. That's who we're taking our mission trip through. Uh, so we were able to give a portion of that to them. And so in 2018, the total that we were able to give away uh, came to $44,227 that we gave away. Uh, and the majority of that was in our city, in our community. And here's, here's a big reason why we do this. Because we believe in not reinventing the wheel. So we're going to do what God called us to do, and we're going to do that well. But there are other organizations in our community that are already doing things that we don't need to try to compete with them. Maybe we just need to back them and say, you're doing a great job. How can we help you? How can we support you? You know what? We're going to set aside a percentage of everybody's giving throughout the year, and we're going to be generous. Yeah. We believe in being a generous church. I don't know if you believe this or your family or not in being generous. We want to be generous in our family. We want to be generous in the church. My prayer, my prayer is that we're not closing our doors, so don't get me wrong. But if Impact Church ever had to close their doors or, or something happened or whatever, that people in our community that don't even go to our church would be so disappointed that our church was not going to be here anymore. Because of everything that we did serving and everything that we did financially to be generous in our community and bless other people. Um, another thing, another number I want to give you. Is it 2018? Many of you know we were able to purchase, and we just had a work day yesterday, and there were some of us that were there for about seven hours yesterday working, uh, and we've gotten a lot of it. There's still a little bit left, but the majority of that, probably 90% of all three of those buildings are now 
gutted and demoed. And uh, so we're about ready to move into the next phase of that project. But we were able to purchase uh, those buildings and have had some demo work done and been able to invest. Uh, in 2018, we were able to invest $63,242.22 into our new future location. Trying to move that forward. And a lot of the stuff that's already been done, and so we're excited about that. And then uh, some other numbers in 2018. I love, I love this, and I believe in that that this number is going to go up drastically in 2019, drastically. But total salvations. These are people that that we know of that have let us know either by raising hand, marking on their connect card, something like that. People that we know of that gave their life to Jesus in 2018. We had 27 people. Over 12 months, give their life to Jesus for the first time. That's just a number that we can track. That doesn't mean that there weren't people here that maybe gave their life to Jesus and they didn't write it down, or you know, they didn't they didn't tell anybody or anything like that while they were here. But that's what we know of. Uh, by the end of 2018, people serving on our impact team. We had 135 people in our church that are serving in some capacity in our church, whether it be outreach or iKids, worship team, host team, production team, prayer team, all those teams. 135 of you are serving by the end of 2018. We were able to do six, which is up from, uh, I think we doubled from 2017 to 2018 in serve day projects. For those of you that don't know, every July middle of July, we have a big serve day where we do multiple projects and just try to bless uh, the pants off of our city yeah. in one day. <laughs> and so we gather a bunch of people, and I think we had around 60 people show up, and we had six different projects going uh, for about four or five hours that day, and we were able to do some pretty incredible things. And then in 2018, through just serving in the community, we were able to give away, I said give away, over 3,500 meals just either in the Sable Lot parking lot or uh, Spirit of Giving, all of those. The best tally that we can come up with was somewhere between 3,500 and 4,000 meals that we've been able to give away. So I don't know if that excites you as much as it excites me. To look at everything that God's done. And there are so many things we can talk about and we just don't have time to talk about all the things that God has done through our church and all the events that we were able to have and the, 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 the relationships that have been restored and, and all the, and, and the miracles that God has done. I mean, there's just so much that we just can't get into one service on a Sunday. But God is up to something. I love that first song that we sang, God is up to something good. God's up to something good. And I don't know if you believe that or not. I hope you do. I hope you believe that for your family. That God is up to something good for your marriage. God is up to something good for your kids. God is up to something good in our church. God is up to something good. And so those are just some of the numbers that 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 we got together for you to just kind of let you know uh, where we're at and all that God has been able to do through you. I said all that God has been able to do through you. Yeah. Uh, been looking at God, oh, the church game. Well, guess who the church is? Oh, well, Impact Church gave away this much money to some. Well, guess who the church is? The church is you. It's your generosity and your giving and your tithing and your giving above the tithe and giving to special events and things. That allows us to be able to do this. That's why we say so.
so often that you're not giving to the church, you're giving through the church. So that we can be able to give more away, so that we can be able to, to really be a blessing in our community and do the things that God wants us to do. And every bit of that, every bit of what God has been able to accomplish through our church in 2018 is incredible. But we're going to transition. And I need you to help me out today. I need you to look at your neighbor. Come on, look at your neighbor. Pick the best looking one next to you. Try not to offend the other one. This guy right there, he is. I need you, and I need you to I need you to, to help me tell them what our word is for 2019. So look at it and say, neighbor. neighbor. 2018, 2018. might have been a tough year for you. Tough year for you. Or it might have been your best year ever. But come on, tell them this. But God sat me beside you today. To tell you that 2019 is going to be greater than anything you've ever greater than your addiction. That God is greater than your sin. That God is greater than your shame. That God is greater than your kill. That God is greater than the mountain that you haven't seen move yet. That God is greater than anything in life. We just sang a song a few minutes ago that says, no guilt, no shame, no sin, no stain, no fear, no grave, no other name. Is greater than our God. And God sent me here. Y'all don't have to get more excited. And I'm about to give you some practical things that I think God wants us to do as we start off this year. But I got to start off by telling you that God sent me here to tell you that He's greater than whatever you're facing, whatever is in your life, whatever you brought from 2018. In 2019, God is greater than that thing. He's greater. He's greater than your fear. He's greater than your financial situation. Come on, somebody say, God's greater than my money. God's greater than my money. That's a word for somebody right there. God's greater than my broken marriage. And God is greater than the enemy. Whatever you're carrying from last year into this year, God says, I am great. I am greater. But here's the thing. Just because God has greater things in store for you in 2019 doesn't guarantee that you're going to get there. See, we can't show up on Vision Weekend and get all hyped and excited and clap and sing and, and woo, work for the year and not do anything. See, we come into Vision Weekend, and, and sometimes we think, well, this is the word for the year that God's just going to make it happen. Well, God can make it happen, but I think that God is requiring some things of you and some things of me in order for it to happen. We can say it this way. I think we have this on the screen, that even though 
We are believing God for greater things in 2019. It would be a mistake to assume we're just going to get there. It would be a mistake, and I would hate it for you to walk out of these doors today and think that you're just going to show up and arrive at what God has that's greater for you in 2019. You're gonna have, it's going to require some action. It's going to require you doing some things. It's going to require you, get this, it's going to require you not doing some things. Right. It's going to require you stopping some things. Some of y'all work so thin and you're an inch deep and a mile wide and you're not doing anything well and you're not accomplishing what God has for your life because you're trying to do too much stuff. And God says, I'm greater than all the stuff that you're facing. But some of you are stressing yourself out because you're doing too much and you're not even doing the one thing that God wants you to do. And God sent me here on the first Sunday of 2019 to tell you that he is greater, but you're going to have to put some behind the things that he has for you in this year. There's some things you're going to have to do. So what are the things? Glad you asked. As we kick off 2019 as a church, I want to give you four points that are going to launch us into this new series that we're beginning next weekend called Greater Than. So we're beginning a new series next Sunday on this word and this theme for 2019 called Greater Than. I'm excited about it. But I want to give you four things that are going to kind of get us going in that direction. And you can get these notes. You can always get on the bypass now and click more and events and then click on church. And you get all the notes on there. You can take notes on your phone or your iPad or whatever it is. Or you can write them down if you prefer to do it that way. But here's, here's number one. Fail like someone who cannot fall. Fail. Like someone who cannot fall. If, if you're going to experience the greater that God has for you in 2019, you're going to need to fail a lot. Yes. You're going to need to fail a lot. See, some of us, we want the greater things that God has for us, but we're not willing to do anything. We're not willing to put our faith into action to do anything and take a risk. And if you want the greater, then chances are you're going to have to fail that's the thing. Too many times we equate failure with missing God. You ever thought about failure as well? I just missed God. Well, I guess that wasn't what God really had for me. Well, I thought, no, that's not what. (laughs) Failure is not missing God. It's simply missing a shot. If you fail at something, it's just that you missed a shot. And a lot of times we think that failing and failure is losing the game. But can I tell you today that the game has already been won? So if you're worried about failure causing you to lose the game, Jesus already won the game. He's not depending on you to win the game. He already won the game. But some of us, some of us, we're we're thinking that failure means that we're losing the game. Failure is just missing a shot. And if you haven't missed a shot in a long time, it's probably because you're just shooting layups. Oh, 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 oh. Oh, God, help me today. If you haven't missed a shot in a while, if you haven't failed and thought, oh, man, I need to tweak that, I need to do something, you know, well, I'm not big there, I dream big, and it maybe didn't work out the way, or I'm going to have to depend on God for this. If you haven't failed in a while, maybe it's because you're just shooting layups. Yeah. And maybe in 2019, God's going to require you to take some half-court shots in your life to get the greater that he has for you. Because shooting layups ain't going to get it done. Come on. If you 
want greater. Failing, really, I pray that as a church, we wouldn't be afraid to fail. Because if we fail at some things, I'm going to tell you a little secret. This is the greatest thing about planting a church, right? Is that you can change it all. <laughs> if this ain't working, we'll just do something different. Because I would rather be obedient and reaching people yeah. than doing the same thing over and over again yeah. when it's dead. Yes. And so there might be some times and some opportunities in 2019 where our church is going to take some half-court shots. And some of y'all might look like, what? Are they doing? <laughs> and then you might show up and we'll be like, well, it didn't work. And you're like, well, I'm going to go to you. Well, I don't know about you, but I want greater. Yeah. And so I want to take some chances. Yeah. And I might want to do some things that you might think are crazy, but it just might work. Guess what? Planting a church in a town that everybody says, no, there's 139 churches in Paris, and so it's really not going to work, and I don't really know, like, you know, you're going to make church there and all this. Can I tell you it's working? Yeah. I'm trying to not offend people that are watching online. Not everybody that watches online goes to our church. And I believe that we have the greatest church in the world. But, but can I tell you it's working? You know why it's working? Faithfulness and obedience. Yeah. In your life, if you just do what God tells you to do and be obedient and be faithful with it, it'll work. Yeah. It'll work. I want us to stop fearing failure because failure really isn't that big of a deal. Some of you are offended at that. Yes, it is. Let me show you a couple of verses. This is Jeremiah chapter 8, verse 4. This is God. He says, say to the people of Judah, this is what the Lord says. When people fall down, check this out. When people fall down, don't they get up again? Yeah. <laughs> We're so worried about failure. And God's like, when people fall, don't they just get up? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when you fail, don't you just try again? Don't you just, okay, we'll do it differently this time. And when someone goes the wrong way, doesn't he turn back? <laughs> when you figure out why that didn't work, don't you just turn back? And say, okay, God, that didn't work, you know, but I'm going to take another risk and I want something greater in my life. And so I'm going to take another half-court shot and, and believe you in faith that you're going to come through in this situation. Psalms 37, verses 23 and 24. When people's steps follow the Lord, God is pleased with their ways. If they stumble, they will not fall because the Lord holds their hand. Amen. I don't know why we're so afraid of failing. Because God has told us that when we jump, he's going to be there to catch us. Yeah. <laughs> if we say, you know what, I think that this is what God's telling us to do. And we jump out and we do it, and it doesn't work. Or we think, wow, that failed, or wow, that's not working anymore, or whatever. That doesn't mean that it wasn't God. Yeah, right. God will catch you and put you back on the path yeah. so that you can start moving forward into the next thing. But you're not going to get anything greater shooting layups all the time. It's not going to happen. In your family, in our church, in your marriage, you're just shooting left off and it's not going to get you where you want to be if you want greater in your life. Here's number two. So number one, got to fail like someone 
who cannot fall. Number two, we got to fuel up twice as much as you think you need. Fuel up twice as much as you think you need. Now, I remember when I first started driving, I would only put $20 in the gas tank, something like that, you know? You're just being all cheap. You got a whole lot of money. You're a teenager. And you're working somewhere, and you're making back then it was like five fifteen an hour. You know, you get paychecks like one hundred eighty-seven dollars. Like, what am I gonna do with one hundred eighty-seven dollars? <laughs> working for two weeks, right? <laughs> so I put like ten dollars in there, twenty dollars in there, let it get down. You know, it'd be almost about to run out of gas. You'd be coasting into the gas station, put another twenty dollars in there, trying to save money. But how I many you know? Every time I did that, I spent more and more time pulling in there, filling up a little bit more, pulling in there, filling up a little bit more, pulling in there, filling up a little bit more. Pulling in there, filling up. I, you spend more time at the gas station than you do in life doing anything else. Let me ask you a question. Is God speaking to you about your spiritual life? And is he saying something like this, that you are consistently too close to E in your spiritual life? And God's like, I want to take you somewhere. And I want to do something that you can't even imagine in your life. And I have something so much greater for you in your life, in your family, in your marriage, in your church. But you are too close to E all the time that you won't have the fuel to get where I'm trying to take you. And some of us, we're trying to live off of Sunday all week long. And God says, there is so much more that I want to do in your life if you would get in the Word during the week. If you would spend some time worshiping during the week. If you would pray during the week. If you would believe in faith that God's going to do what He said during the week and not just on Sunday. And God said, there is so much more I want to do. I've got greater things. But you can't get there when you're consistently on E. And you pull in and you put $5 in your spiritual tank. And he gets you from Paris to Blossom. And you're pulling in at Blossom where gas is like 20 cents higher than it is here. And you're trying, and you're trying to put up $5 in your tank. And you're going, to spend, you're going to spend three hours getting from here to wherever you're going when you could have just filled up all the way. And God said, here we go. Here we go. you got to fuel up twice as much. As you think you're going to need. 1 Kings 19, 5-7, talking about Elijah here. It says, Then he lay down under the tree and slept. Suddenly an angel came to him and touched him. Get up and eat, the angel said. Elijah saw near his head a loaf baked over coals. I don't know, <laughs> I don't know if anybody ever experienced that. You've been laying in bed or outside, you're taking a nap. And an angel show up and tell you to eat, and here's some hot bread. <laughs> just right by your head. <laughs> That's what it said. You ought to read your Bible. Some crazy stuff in there. And a jar of water. So he ate and drank. Then he went back to sleep. Later the Lord's angel came to him a second time. Everybody say second time. Second The angel touched him and said, get up and eat. If you don't, the journey will be too hard for you. So the angel didn't show up just once. The angel showed up twice. He said, if you don't do what I'm telling you right now, the journey... In this case, a physical journey is going to be too much for you, but I believe in our spiritual journey and our walk with Jesus, it's going to be too much for us if we don't fuel up twice as much as what we think we're going to do. Because we can't even comprehend what God wants to do. We think we know what God wants to do, but we can't even really comprehend what God wants to do. So I'd rather have more fuel on reserve than be running out before I get where God wants me. 
I'd rather have some old backup. If you don't have enough fuel, you won't be able to make it on the journey where God is taking you. And in this, just what's going on, just kind of some background of what's going on in this text. Elijah had experienced a great victory in his life, and then Jezebel has threatened him that he's on the run, right? Experienced a great victory, defeated all these these armies and everything, and one woman says she's going to kill him, and he's running for his life. And he stops, and he's sleeping under this tree, and we know that he's out of fuel because he's under this tree, and right before what we just read, if you go back and read the verses right before that, he's laying under this tree, and he's like, God, just kill me now! And I'm like, really? You just defeated all these people? And God came through in all these circumstances? And one woman yes. says she don't like you. And says she's going to kill you. And you're running for your life sitting under a tree talking about God kill me now. I don't think he had enough fuel. I don't think he had enough Jesus on the inside of him in that moment to be able to sustain what he was going through. You need twice as much. What? When a car runs out of fuel, it stops. But when a human runs out of fuel, they crash. He might have been burned out, been crashed. You're like, I don't even know if I want to go back to church now. Can I tell you why? You ain't got enough fuel. I could not get up here. I could not get up here every week and talk about what God wants me to talk about and do it in the way that God wants me to do it and leave this church in the way. If you ain't got enough, you can't do what God's called you to do if you don't have enough fuel. Amen. And some of us, we're burned out because we don't have enough fuel. We thought, well, let's make $10 be enough. You know, get me through this week. No, you need to fill up. Yeah. And then you need to fill up the other tank and take it with you just in case. Yeah. You need twice as much as you think. To experience the greater, we need fuel for the journey. I want to talk to you just for a couple of minutes about four compartments of your tank, personally. Talking about fueling up. There's spiritual, physical, I think we have these up here, emotional and relational. Spiritual, physical, emotional, and relational. Now, here's what I believe, and I'm going to give you some practical things that, that we do or that I do for each one of these areas uh, that maybe you can take and kind of better understand what we're talking about. But we need to ask ourselves as we begin this year, what do I need to do? In each one of these areas on a weekly basis or even a daily basis so that I can feel like I'm at the top of my game and be able to do everything God asks me to do. What do I need to do in these four areas to make sure that I can do whatever God asks me to do? Yeah. So I'm not burned out. I'm not tired. I'm not all these things. And here's just a practical thing. Spiritually, uh, for me, one thing that I have begun to do is the first hour of each day goes to the Lord. First hour. First hour. Now I know uh, Amanda, last week she preached a message. She was talking about just practically even giving God the first eight minutes and the last eight minutes. Just start somewhere. Yeah. Just start somewhere. But I've discovered that what God wants me to do is the first hour of every day goes to Him. And so I'm not going to do anything else. I'm not going to work. I'm going to give the first hour to God. Physic physical. Uh, both of us, actually, we're both in the gym four to five days a week. Four to five days a week. Some of you are like, Jim, <laughs> you need to figure out what, maybe it's running. Maybe it's going for a walk in the morning. Maybe it's every evening our family goes and rides by. I don't know what your thing is that's going to fill your physical tank, but you need something. 
And I know for us, we enjoy going to the gym. At first, it hurt. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. But now we got to, we got to the place where we love going. If we have to miss a day, I hate it. I hate when we have to miss a day. So four or five days a week, we're in the gym, fueling up physically, emotional. <laughs> the best example I could come up with this was uh, my wife for my birthday this last year. Got a lot of you and even our kids to, to write something and send her something uh, that you would say about me. And I was going back and I was reading through some of the things that my kids said. And, and there's nothing that fuels me more than when my wife and my kids tell me how they feel about me. And I think God does this sometimes. And, and there were things in there like uh, one thing I love about Daddy is that he never gives up. Or I love I do this thing at the house and, and I'm not doing it for you today. But, <laughs> I, do this, I do this thing at the house where I'll be singing song and it'll be a song from like on the radio or worship song that we sing at church or something and I'll change the words and insert their names. So I'll be walking to the house singing this song, you know, and I'll put Hadley in there, Rylan in there, Kenyon in there, and one of them I put on there that they love when I, you know, sing songs with their names in it because they think it's funny. There, there's nothing more. You need to find that thing that fills you up emotionally. And take some time to focus on it and think about it on a weekly or daily basis. Relational, uh, we try to be intentional. Every other week, we take a date night, uh, just the two of us. And um, there will be times where I'll get just all this text and guys and say, hey, let's go. This movie's out. I want to see this movie. Do you want to go? But those are the type of things that even for me, relationally, kind of fill, fill my tank. But you need to figure out, you need to ask yourself, as we begin 2019, what are the things, how, what do I need to do in these four areas to be fueled up so that I can do everything that God asked me to do this year? Every day, every week, every month, all year long. Here's number three. Third thing we need to do, we need to forget every one of your fake names. That's good. Here's something that you need to understand today. If you don't hear anything else, hear this, that the devil is a liar. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, right. Somebody needs to hear that. The devil yeah. is a liar. Yeah. So when the devil calls you any name, it's always a lie. Right. Yeah. Always a lie. Every single time. When he calls you a liar, it's a lie. Yeah. When he calls you a failure, it's a lie. When he calls you an addict, it's a lie. Yeah. When he calls you a loser, it's a lie. When he calls you alone, it's a lie. Whatever the devil calls you, <coughs> it's always a lie. Yeah. Every single Time. And here's one thing that's encouraging to me and hopefully it will be to you, that Jesus didn't just die to give you new life. He died to make sure you had a new name. Yeah. Yeah. So he died to make sure that you had a new name. Yeah. To make sure that you would understand who you really are and not who the enemy is trying to convince you that you yeah. are. Because it's always a lie. Yeah. I know for me, personally, one of the names that, that the enemy calls me a lot of times is unqualified. Mm. Unqualified. Mm. Unqualified to lead this church, unqualified to lead this team, unqualified to do what I'm doing, unqualified. So even in the midst of sometimes being on stage and preaching a message, this this voice in the back of my head will be saying, unqualified. Mm. Unqualified. Come on. You don't have it. People come up to you asking, well, where did you go to seminary? No. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Some of y'all, first time to the church today, and you're thinking, we ain't coming back here. <laughs> I am the real pastor. It didn't get any better than this. <laughs> but I'll guess even throughout the week, man, I'll get overwhelmed with things that need to be done or things that, that are going on in the church or the new building, things like that. And it's like, and, and this voice in the back of my head is the enemy. 
Well, you can't do it. Yeah, can't do it. Can't do it. You're never going to figure it out. You're never going to get there. You don't have the qualifications to do it. People are going to think less of you. And I'm not the only one in this room. Come on. Because the enemy's trying to, he's trying to hide it. Every person. Right. And every name that he calls you is a lie. Every single time. And some of us in here today, we need to start off 2019 by getting the fake ID out of our wallet. Yeah. <laughs> Woo! Some of us, myself included, we need to take that fake ID out and say, <laughs> cutting it up, <laughs> throwing it away, look, devil, <laughs> whatever you tried to call me, it's a lie. I've discovered who I really am and who God says that I am. Yeah. And I'm not going to listen to your lie anymore. When you allow someone to call you by a fake name, you'll always end up living up to it. Right. You allow somebody to put a label on you that's a fake name, you'll live right. up to it every time. Amen. You'll live up to it every time. Whatever name the enemy or people have put on you, I believe that God sent me here today to tell you that's not your name. Whatever people have labeled you as, that's not your name. And whatever the enemy has tried to convince you of, that's not your name. It's not your name. Here's the fourth thing. In 2019, I believe, we've got to fight more aggressively than ever. We've got to fight more aggressively than ever. And here's why we have to do this. Here's what the Bible says. The enemy comes to shake, kiss, and dance. Isn't that what it says? That's not, y'all are looking at me weird like I'm quoting the Bible wrong. Oh, maybe it says that the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Maybe it means that the enemy wants to to steal your marriage. Maybe it means that he wants to destroy your family. Maybe it means that he wants to kill you spiritually. Maybe it means that he's trying to steal your joy and you haven't had joy in a while. This is why we got to fight more aggressively than we ever have. It's because the enemy is stealing, killing, and destroying. And here's what that means for me and you. It means that your enemy is coming at you aggressively. <laughs> I think we get the wrong picture of the enemy sometimes. Well, he's just playing a little thought in my mind. No. <laughs> no. The enemy is aggressively yeah. pursuing you. Yes. And trying to figure out what's going to cause you to give up. Yes. How can I take more from them? How can I kill more of them? How can I destroy more of what they are hoping for? How can I do all these things? The enemy is coming at you aggressively. And here's what that means. If the enemy is coming at you aggressively, you can't fight him passively. Right. So if he's aggressive toward you, what makes you think that we can be passive and defeat him. If he's coming at you aggressively, then you've got to be aggressive. You've got to fight more aggressively than you ever have in your life. 
So how do we do this? How do we fight more aggressively? I want to give you two things as we begin to wrap this up. Here's the first one. Walk in authority. Let me show you what I mean. Luke 10, verse 19. Listen, I have, this is Jesus. Listen, I have given you power to walk on snakes and scorpions. Power that is what? It's what? <laughs> the power that I have given you is greater than the power that the enemy has. Yes. So nothing will hurt you. So this tells me that you and me have authority. And we have greater power than the enemy has. So why are we not walking in the authority that God has given us? I think a lot of times it's because we're trying to fight passively. Well, you know, it's not really that big of a deal.
pinning your crew to and pinning your shoulders back. Just, I want you to imagine. The devil is so afraid of me doing this that in 2019, I'm going to stand up and we'll pin my shoulders back. Get off. Get off me. Yes. Enemy tries to throw something on you. Get off me. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Tries to tell you a lie. Get off me. Yeah. I'm not calling this message. Get off me. <laughs> Get off me. I'm going to make sure they're on the podcast. Get off me. Amen. What the world are they talking about? Get off. I'm telling you, we're living in fear. The enemy is so afraid of you making the decision yeah. that in 2019, I'm going to stand up tall and I'm going to say, get off me. Yes, yes, that's right. You can't have that anymore. You can't do that anymore. You can't say that anymore. you can, you got you to gotta get off me. you got to get off me. And here's how we're going to launch into the greater that God has for us this year. We're going to give God our best by doing these three things. We'll talk about this for just a moment, and then we're going to wrap it up. We're going to pray, we're going to fast, and we're going to give. We're going to pray, and I put these examples in here. This is this is even for me. I'm going to pray, and the devil's going to have to get off my marriage. Yay. And I'm going to fast, and he's going to have to get off of that thing, that struggle, that thing he's trying to you know, stick in your side every time. And then we're going to give on Give Big Weekend, and we're going to say, Devil, you get off my money. Yeah. In 2019, you get off my money. In 2019, you get off my finances. Yeah. In 2019, you get out of my financial situation. You've convinced me that, well, we're going to have to do this and do that. No. God is greater than whatever you're trying to convince me that I'm going to have to do. And by giving God the first and the best through prayer and fasting and giving financially, we're saying, get off. Yeah. Get off me. Get off my marriage, get off my family, get off my life, get out of my head, get off my money, get off my circumstance, get off my situation, get off whatever it is that you're facing and you're bringing from 2018 into 2019. You have the authority, come on, somebody needs to know this, you have the authority to look down at the enemy and tell him, get off me! Whenever we fast and we pray, 
we're telling ourselves and our flesh that you don't control me. That's right. You don't control me. God is in charge of me. And so for the next 21 days, we're going to pray and fast. And then on the 27th, we're going to come back and we're going to get big. Yeah. My wife and I, our kids, we've been talking to our kids and we've been praying and we feel like we already know what God is, is calling us to give. At the beginning of this year, I would encourage you to pray. Pray about it. Pray about it. God will tell you. Yeah. He'll tell you. Pray about it. Then one other thing that we're going to do throughout this month, and I don't know how long we'll leave it up, but back here we're going to have some, some little tags and slips of paper. And there's a wall back here that's got some lights on it, and we're going to call it our greater wall. And whatever you're believing for in your life that God is greater than you, you can write it down and stick it on that wall. Yeah. And we're going to remember through 2019 that God is greater than that situation. God is greater than that circumstance. God is greater than that addiction. God is greater than that problem. God is greater than that struggling marriage. God is greater yeah. than that brokenness. God is greater than all these things. Yeah. We're believing that he's greater. Do you believe it? Yeah. Can you stand to your feet today? We're going to sing this last song, and I want us to lift our hands. I'm going to invite the prayer team to come down. If you need prayer for anything in your life, or you just need some encouragement, or you believe in God for greater things, will you do this? If you're believing in 2019 that God has greater things in store for you, will you just raise your hands right now? Before we sing this song, I just want to pray for you. God, you see all these hands raised high to you right now. God, we're believing that you have greater things, that you are greater than everything that we struggle with, that we deal with in our lives. You are greater. So God, we leave 2018 and we enter 2019 believing that you are greater. That you are greater. And God, I pray that you would show up and that you would do greater things. That you would show that you are greater than every situation and every problem and every struggle and everything that we deal with. If you're here today and you need prayer for anything in your life, when they begin to sing this last song, you can come down. Let us pray for you. We love to pray for you. God, we thank you, Holy Spirit. We pray that you would draw every person today who needs prayer. Thank you, Jesus. Name.